I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A Radio Info Raw Edit podcast. The conversations behind our reports. Kieran Davis, you certainly kept this quiet. Yes, we did. It, it was... In the end, it was a, a, a very swift set of discussions that we had. It uh, it was very important to both parties that, that we did keep it quiet, if you like. And, you know, in an industry that often doesn't keep things quiet, we were we were both parties were, were very pleasantly surprised that we got to the, this morning's announcement without it really being leaked. So that, that was very, very positive. Uh, and I think it probably showed just the intent of both sides of, of how enthusiastic we both were to, to, to do the transaction. Um, for, for whatever reason and individual reasons but also I think it's really important that as part of this transaction the the uh, the family um, the Grant family are actually staying part of the HT&E no, sorry the Cameron family are staying part of the HT&E shareholders going forward and, and that shows great confidence in, in what we think we can build here I guess that's about the attitude of um, both ARN and Grant broadcasters it seems to me from being able to keep that secret in an industry like this in a country like this and to get the deal done fairly rapidly must be a similar kind of attitude between both companies and both sets of people yeah i think we've got a very similar mindsets in terms of of radio and 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 radio operations and the the power of, of live and local content of local personalities and the importance of it and the engagement that that those um, that those local talent have with with their audiences and communities, but we're both very passionate and very strong about that. Uh, I think you know culturally that there, we we both said at the start it seemed very quickly that there was a strong cultural fit uh, between us as discussions were going on. Um, but but I think mostly you know we we understand radio we've got a similar philosophy on radio and you know the thesis of, of and it was very important to the to the to the Cameron family that you know what they built which is a fantastic business over 80 years they, they wanted to make sure that that it was maintained in many respects and, and it wasn't going to a home that was going to look to cut costs or or, or or syndicate content that's not what we're going to do at all we really believe in in that in in, in some respects hyper local content in local personalities who are loved uh, in their market, and whether that market is Mildura or Nara or, or Sydney or Melbourne doesn't matter. Um, it's the connection that they have with their audience that's really important. And we're going to work really hard to make sure that that's our point of difference, especially against the likes of, of regional TV, regional radio, uh, sorry, regional uh, newspapers who are starting and have been syndicating Metro content for a period of time. And as a result, they've, they've lost audiences. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about programming since we've jumped to there. Many of the AM stations uh, take a lot of talk. They still have some music programs. And the FM stations often take Nova syndicated programming, Fitzy and Whipper, The Drive Show. I note that Wollongong got rid of the Nova syndicated drives show recently to go local. But around the country, there are a number of syndicated shows on the AM and the FM stations that are currently in place. 
but you have shows as well that could just as well fill those slots. What's your thinking about programming going forward? Firstly, I'm going to reiterate what I just said, that, that we are not looking to syndicate our shows uh, in replacing in, in shows that are existing within the, 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 the network there at all. We won't be doing that. I, I think where there are currently networked shows, you know, we will have a look station by station. Um, we'll assess the audience, we'll assess the, the, the brand, we'll assess the content that comes through. And, and you know, if as you would expect, if it's appropriate that we think we could have content that's just as applicable, that then we would look to do it. But we won't be replacing local content with syndicated shows. I guess that's also music to the ears of staff in all those stations. It sounds like you're not looking to cut staff or costs in that way. No, Steve, this is not a cost synergy acquisition, um, like many are. Uh, we don't see that. You know, the, the business has been run uh, very, very professionally, but very lean in some respects, but it's, it's a very uh, high profit margin business, about 35, 36%. So, you know, from that perspective, there are not costs to be taken out of this. The real upside, we think, is, is in national revenue, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a moment. So I, I think what's really important is, you know, the background that, that ARN has in, in radio is very similar to, to ground broadcasters. We, we, you know, we, we started life as a, as a direct business, if you like, uh, over time, we've, we've switched that into more agency focus. Um, we've looked at the imagery and the revenue that, that Grant Broadcast is writing, and we think that we, you know, the, the direct revenue that's there at the moment is, is absolutely maintainable and, and could be grown upon. Uh, and we think that national revenue is where the real opportunity is, and we're, we're going to be working very closely with, with our colleagues at TRSN to make sure we do that. Um, so, you know, the other part I'd make is that great radio stations in these markets is made up of, of fantastic people who are passionate about what they do. And very often, as we know, and I've worked in regional radio in, in, in six or seven different countries now, you know, the, the, the general manager, the sales director, the, the marketing director, the promotions director, the on-street team, they actually are usually copywriters. They're, they're sales directors themselves. They probably do an afternoon shift. It's that rolling up the sleeves and that really being part of, of the local brand. That's what makes a great radio station in, in, in any market, but particularly in regional markets. And we're going to work really hard to make sure that, that what the family have built up over 80 years is maintained and we keep going. And actually, I'm looking forward to getting to know a lot of these stations and a lot of these brands and the people that are there because they have made it the business that it is and we're not going to tinker with that. Yeah, so true. Well, tell me about the national advertising. What do you think you'll now have to offer national advertisers and how will you pitch the message to them? Well, I think it's it's a great story in that the, the, the leading metropolitan network is coming together with, with the leading regional radio network. And from that perspective, you know, I look at the growth of regional markets, and we had a few slides in today's investor presentation which pointed to a lot of the trends that are happening and going to accelerate because of COVID. But last year, a quarter of a million people moved from metro to regional markets. That was the highest on record. 36% of the population lives now in regional centres. People don't have to be in metro markets to work anymore. You can work from home, try Zoom, Teams. That long commute is gone. And when you consider the categories of, of advertisers that are in regional markets, food, clothing, groceries, hardware stores, you know, over 20 billion alone is spent in those categories. Um, and, and I think one of the more highlighting factors that we called out today was that despite 36% of the population living in regional Australia, only 10% of national advertisers uh, advertising is spent in those markets. So there's a significant gap that we'll be working really hard to tap into. Uh, and from our perspective then, in terms of the national revenue, we now have a metro and regional network that is, is, is very successful, both successful in their own right coming together. And we're going to be able to offer national advertisers access to a third of Australians in one transaction 
transaction. I think we've demonstrated over the years that the type of integration we can do, creative responses we do for advertisers, is very well received, it's helping us win share, and, and that will extend uh, in, into regional markets as well, which, which advertisers will be very grateful for. But equally, we've got some fantastic products here, like Dynamic Audio, which allows for more targeted advertising in a radio environment or a digital environment. We'll be bringing that into regional markets, which hasn't been done before, and, and again, that's a very exciting opportunity. And how do you think your rival SCA will react to that? And um, what are you going to do to take the battle up to them? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, I think XCA would, would react like any competitor. They'll, they'll be a strong competitor, and that's, that's fine. We're, we're ready for that. Um, I think, again, what I would point to you is, is, is you know, having run regional networks in, in the past around the world and having retaining, uh, you know, Alison on the board of, of, of HT&E, we're well aware of the strategies we've got to employ to make sure that, that, that the transaction that we've called here delivers the synergies that we think are going to be coming through. Okay. Let's talk about how the deal is structured. Alison will join your HT&E board. I think it's Rick Lenacek will join your executive team. How do you think that will help the dynamics of the current um, board and leadership team that you have? Uh, well, well, Rick, as, as you know, people who work in Grand Brokers will know, is, is across all facets of the business. Very strong uh, guy, knows, knows the ins and outs of what's going on. He's excited to, to, to join us, uh, probably sees great opportunity for uh, what this new network can achieve. And reporting lines are not going to change from that perspective. Uh, I think the one big change that will happen relatively quickly is, is TRSN. And, you know, the, the team over there, led by Jeremy, are, are absolutely very strong. And, and we're going to see how we can fast track their knowledge into our agency sales team. And that, that will be the area of focus. Beyond that, reporting lines, reporting structures won't change. And I think that will be hopefully relieving for, for um, and a sense of comfort for a lot of the, uh, for well, hopefully all of the, of the Grand Broadcasters team. Because, you know, again, I'll be very clear, we, we don't see this, we're not going to change the world, we don't want to change a successful business, we want to focus on national revenue. From an Alison perspective, um, you know, she's joining the board and, and she's retaining a lot of knowledge and, and the knowledge that she has of that business is quite extraordinary. Um, the minutiae of the details, which, which we saw throughout the, the diligence process, it is extraordinary what Alison has there and, and that's fantastic to be able to retain that because she'll be able to help guide uh, me, the management team, the board, um, on, on the business and, and what the upside and what the downside could be of certain strategies we might take. It is actually a fantastic Australian success story because, you know, started in 1942, uh, you know, Janet running it from, from a very early age, passing it off to three children. It, it, is a, it is a really good Australian success story and, and a great business. And, you know, we, we feel very honoured, you know, that, that the, the family would talk to us about, you know, potentially looking at an acquisition. Uh, it's a big decision for them. We're well aware of that, very emotional decision for them. Um, but again, I'd reiterate that it probably reinforces the strategic cultural fit that both of us see in, in the path forward that, that they've decided to, to, to sell. 
Yeah, I think that's true. And when I talked to Alison earlier today, there was a little crack of emotion in her voice when she talked about that. I've no doubt. I have absolutely no doubt. And, and, you know, hats off to the professionalism with which they approach this because it must be a very difficult decision. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much you know about Australian radio history from before you came to this country, but in a way it's a little bit of back to the future because before HTNE, before ARN, that network was called WESGO and it had a huge number of regional stations as well as capital city stations. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, the amount of emails I've had this morning from, from staff within our network who, who started their careers in, in Grand Broadcasters, Duncan Campbell being one, um, you know, he, he, he worked there in the in the mid-80s. And again, I think the other exciting part, I think, for our people will be, you know, we often try and, try and as a met, metro network, we're looking for established talent, and, and that's difficult to find. But what we really want to do is, is look across now what we have available to us and, and the talent that's in both markets and nurture it and be able to sort of bring through the ranks quality broadcasters who can learn from maybe some of the more established players that we have here, but who are looking to build out careers, not just in radio, but in digital audio and podcasting or or sales or creative or promotions or integration or strategy. Uh, and the benefits of having this enlarged business is that we have the opportunity to really provide new growth opportunities, new career opportunities for everybody in whatever area they want to do. And, and again, part of what we will be doing is looking and working for closely on those strategies that that tries to unlock that potential in people. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's talk briefly about compliance and uh, things that you have to do. So you'll be faced with the trigger events and you'll also have to think about 4KQ, which you plan to sell. What's the um, thinking behind all that? Obviously, the, the, the trigger events are there from an accurate perspective, but, but as we've discussed earlier on, it, it, it's not something that's high on our priority list in terms of actions because there isn't cost synergies uh, we're looking at in this transaction. I feel really sorry for, for, for the decision we've had to make with 4KQ. It's, it's a long heritage station within the ARN network. It's the number two station in, in Brisbane. It's the number two breakfast show in Brisbane. The people who work on it are hugely passionate about the brand. The listeners are very important. But when, when we looked at, at unfortunately, the, the commercial reality in many respects of markets like Ipswich, Nambour, uh, in association with, with Brisbane uh, and the stations that, that are there in those markets that, that grant broadcasters have, um, like River, for instance, and it's 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 really it's a it's a commercial decision that we've had to make, and it's a tough one to be honest. Um, so what we've got to do is we've got a period of time under ACMA rules to divest 4KQ. Um, we will be continuing to run it as though it's part of our network. That's really important. Um, so you know, from a ratings perspective, from a revenue perspective, we're going to continue to drive it as hard as we did. Um, but it is, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the difficult decision of this whole transaction and, and something that we didn't want to do, but, but unfortunately we have to. Mm. So from what you said, um, if I interpreted you correctly, the money that comes from those grant broadcaster stations that are in the areas around Brisbane is more than 4KQ was earning. Oh, that would be a fair assumption, Steve. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and despite you know having great rating success, which it does, it, it is an older station, and and as you know, many everybody probably listening knows, it's it's harder to monetize that audience for whatever reason. And, and we've tried many strategies to to unlock that uh, because it's it's a very important um, 
advertising group, I think, for advertisers because high disposable income, high leisure time, you know, things like holidays, travel, tourism, there should be categories that would be high within an environment like 4KQ. But over and over again, it is hard to do. So I would agree with your assumption on that one. Um, but as I say, it's, it's a tough decision. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking who would buy it? Um, you can't sell it to SCA or Nova. They have their quota in Brisbane. Uh, there may be some smaller networks who uh, would be interested but may not have the cash. Um, who are the potential buyers for a station like that? Steve, I've just got through the acquisition today of this one. I haven't turned my mind to that one just yet. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Next week's issue. <laughs> well, well uh, uh, I guess um, there's a for sale sign out and you'll be uh, uh, welcoming all comers who knock on your door to talk about it. You know, you never know what's out there. I mean, you look at some of the recent auctions that, you know, there was an auction down in, in, in uh, Tasmania recently and there was several interested parties in that and, and the auction price was was pretty substantial. So there's, there still is a lot of interest in, in radio amongst investors. Yeah, that's very true, actually. And I think the success story and the message underlying this acquisition today is that radio is a good business and people are interested in expanding and buying into radio. So that's got to be good for the radio and the audio industries in Australia. Obviously, I'm talking to a lot of investors today, and you know, one of the questions they have is, is, is what our views are on the longevity of the medium of radio. And you know, for those naysayers out there, I, I'm, I'm very strong in my commitment and, and my belief that radio is, is, so long as we keep doing live and local content, has the most stable um, dietary, if you like, part of consumers' lives than, than any other medium. Um, it's something you can do on the go. It has it has connection with communities. It's connections with audiences. It provides local content and news that that other mediums are not doing. Uh, and yes, people are spending more time with with music environments like Spotify and and those sort of uh, global platforms. But increasingly, and we've seen this through COVID, the importance of that radio station, particularly if you like in tough times like COVID, like bushfires, like floods, they are the lifeblood of communities and the talk of communities. And you know, I, I used to. You know, when I first joined APN, we owned a regional uh, newspaper business up in Queensland. And you know, when I went up and visited and talked to the editors and talked to advertisers up there, that paper was the lifeblood of, of of what was going on in the community. And national advertisers didn't see it, and that's what caused the demise of it. But listenership never suffered locally, and and indeed, local direct revenue never suffered locally. It's just that national advertising did. We're not in that position in radio. We already have a strong basis of support for regional radio in Australia. And I think the appetite is there to grow it because advertisers, national advertisers, want to connect with audiences at scale, yes, but those that are attentive and those that are really leaning into the product. And that's what regional listeners do to local radio stations. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. <laughs> 